the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, thank you, and a pleasant good afternoon. Welcome. Good to have you with us. It is a Wednesday, the... 18th, is it? My goodness, it is. The 18th of September. Been wondering why I got home last night. The house seems so dark. Like, am I something going on with my eyesight? No, it's just fall is here. And officially so, starting to see the weather turn. And, and of course, uh, if you haven't run out and get your Christmas tree, you need to do it soon. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? All right, we got a lot to talk about on today's program. We're going to uh, jump back into our ongoing Bible study series with Pastor Don Scott Damon. It is the um, Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords that Bind You. Today we'll be talking about untying the cords of negative emotions. That's coming up a little bit later on in the first hour tonight. Um, We'll also have an update for you on... The new bill, we talked about this last night, a new bill that is before the governor right now that's essentially going to turn uh, institutes of higher learning across the state into uh, abortion providers. We'll find out why and how you can respond coming up later on when Marlo Tucker, the um, director of the California chapter of Concerned Women for America, joins us. But I want to lead off tonight with a very special event that's going to be taking place over three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 27th through the 29th. It is the annual Women's Impact Ministry that's hosted by our friends at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Redwood City. You're familiar with the ministry of Dr. Fred Campbell. Well, the women's ministry there at Mount Zion Baptist will be hosting Women Imitating Christ. And here to tell us more is Stephanie Prince. Stephanie, by the way, is currently Director of Finance and Administration at the School of Medicine at Stanford University. And she and her husband have been very actively involved in the ministry of Mount Zion Baptist there in Redwood City for many years. And Stephanie, thank you for taking a moment to tell us about this special event. Hi, thanks so much, Craig. Uh, I love this because you've got multiple tracks by a number of um, well-known leaders in the church in the Bay Area, and kind of working my way backwards, um, Meredith Shepherd, Pastor Paul Shepherd's wife, will be delivering the um, Sunday morning message. That'll be Sunday, September the 29th. I can think of a few others that could could help kind of put the cherry on top of what promises to be an exciting weekend. But take us back that very first evening, Friday, September the 27th. It's going to be kind of the girls' night out with a movie. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So on that Friday night, our conference will kick off at 5.30 p.m. with dinner and lots of sweet treats. And around 6 o'clock p.m., we'll begin watching the powerful movie, Breakthrough, 
uh, as you may know, it's based on this inspirational true story of, the, of a mother's love and her faith and prayers against all odds. And so following that movie, we'll have an open discussion on prayer and the power of prayer, and just kind of reminding the women that prayer still works. And so after that, the next day, we'll wake up bright and early on Saturday morning around 9.30 a.m. Registration will open. And then, Craig, at 10 o'clock a.m., we will open up with praise and worship. And the day will be filled with workshops, and we'll have a health panel in the afternoon. And we have speakers for our youth and young adults, speakers for our adult classes. And I just want to highlight that Irma Prothro will be there from the Christian Counseling Center. We'll have Sharon uh, Smith from the New Hope Baptist Church in Salinas, California. She'll be there with us on Saturday. And I'm so excited that on Saturday afternoon, we'll have doctors from Kaiser and Stanford Medicine there to talk to us about how we can keep our temples healthy as we go through imitating Christ as women of God. And so that will be on Saturday. And then as you mentioned, on Sunday morning, we are thrilled to have Lady Meredith coming to deliver a message to all of our women and men that will be that are welcome to join us as well on that Sunday morning and that's at 9:45. So, we're hoping that people will start coming out and, and registering. Uh, our registration is still open, so they can go to our website for our church at mountzion.com and register for only $10. Uh, for $10, that gets you dinner on Friday, a movie, breakfast on Saturday, lunch on Saturday. I don't think we can go anywhere for about $10 nowadays, huh? I, I think if two or three of you gathered together at the local Mickey D's and just wanted to have, you know, uh, some French fries and coffee, <laughs> $10 exactly. is not going to work. It, it's exactly. a great deal, but, you know, the, the best deal in all of this, really and truly, Stephanie, is a great gathering of wonderful yes. church leaders. And I love the diversity that you've provided here, that these are um, wives of pastors and, and uh, church teachers from throughout the Bay Area. My goodness, I mean, you I, I, I noticed here uh, Valley Bible Church um, yes. is going to be represented there. Um, dear right. friend, Dr. Larry Ellis's church uh, as well. And and then, of course, as we mentioned, um, um, Meredith Shepherd from Destiny Christian Fellowship in Fremont. So you've, you've got a nice widespread gathering, not only geographically, but I think a, a good sense of diversity. And I, it sounds like there's going to be a great time of not just fun and fellowship, but some real true yes. iron sharpening iron as well. Yes, Absolutely. And talk to us, if you would, a little bit about, um, for those that have never been to something like this before, and maybe a lady would like to bring uh, one of her girlfriends along, but they're not really quite sure what to expect. For those that have never been before, give us a quick glimpse, if you would. Yes. So the day will be filled with women interacting with each other. It's a dress-down event, so you don't have to get dressed up. You can come in your jeans and T-shirts. You know, we want women to just have an environment to come and share in the Word of God together. I think one of the things, you know, when we're talking about women imitating Christ, there's so much going on in these times with gun violence and 
a lot of sickness and different things like that. So to have a space that women can come together and allow the Word of God to help uplift our spirits and remind us that even though we're living in these uncertain times, God has not changed. And so for any woman, and whether you're at the age of 13 years old or the age of 80 years old, we'll have something for you that day that is guaranteed to have you walking away just feeling completely uplifted and reminded that in all things, God is truly able. Indeed so. And again, this will be running from the evening of Friday, September the 27th, uh, beginning with dinner, a light meal at 5.30, and then the movie, and then workshops all day throughout Saturday, and then culminating with the worship service on Sunday. And again, if folks want to get more information and reservations, um, best bet, Stephanie, is to go to the Mount Zion website? Yes, absolutely. They can register online at www.mountzionredwoodcity.com. That's www.mtzionrwc.com. If they're not able to go online, they can also call our church office at 650-368-5705. 650-368-5705, or again, yeah. you can simply um, schedule and get information and registration online at Mount Zion Church. That's Mount Zion RWC for Redwood City, mountzionrwc.com. And our thanks to Stephanie Prince for giving us a quick glimpse into uh, some of the fun and excitement coming up in just about a week's time. So here's your opportunity. Get more information. Register. What a deal, too. $10. Wow. All right, that's uh, Stephanie Prince. And we take a time out to get you updated now on some traffic right here at exactly 515. And over at the KFAX Traffic Center, a glimpse at the road ahead on this Wednesday. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Thank you. We are back here 20 minutes after the hour on this Wednesday edition of Lifeline. I want to turn our focus to our ongoing Bible study series. You're familiar with it. It's called the Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You, newly released, by the way, by Redemption Press. And you can get it online through Amazon.com, Usual Suspects, as well as find it at Bay Area Christian Bookstores. Its author is our guest today, Bible study teacher, Pastor Don Scott Damon. Don, great to have you back with us again. Well, it's great to be with you again. Thank you so much. Today we turn to an important chapter, and it's one that at the periphery I think all of us are going to be quite familiar with, and that is emotions, more specifically put, negative emotions. And and I guess that um, even when they're negative, at least there's a sense that, well, we're, we're feeling something, we're capable of responding to something. And I would wonder if maybe in some fashion negative emotions, in spite of perhaps the, uh, pardon the pun, the negative connotation here, nevertheless can serve as a 
a very useful purpose, can't they? Much like pain, for example, in the case of, you know, we don't, we don't like to suffer physical pain, but a, a little bit of a pain warning if we get too near a hot stove and begin to burn our hand um, can certainly help us from preventing further damage if in response to that pain we know how to respond by pulling our hand back. So can negative emotions in a fashion serve in the same way so that it's more what we do with them as opposed to simply just feeling them? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Emotions are trying to give us oftentimes a message, an internal message. It's crying out to us saying, you know, something's wrong. Are you willing to go deeper? Are you willing to explore what this message, what this emotion is trying to tell you? Because um, if we leave it to silence and we just ignore it and we just try to cover it up, you know, we begin to feel very apathetic and oftentimes just you know, zapped of joy, that, 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 that feeling of no enthusiasm, no energy for life. So, yes, I believe our emotions are always trying to tell us something, like you said, like pain, right? If, if, if we listen to it, it is trying to say something's not in alignment with God. Something is not in alignment. Um, I, I'm triggered, And, you know, I often say we're the sum total of every age we've ever lived. And so, you know what, maybe there's a a memory of that five-year-old child inside that says, this emotion is all too familiar. I have unresolved trauma. I need to pay attention to what I'm feeling. That's exactly right. And a lot of people, sadly, when they feel those emotions, either allow them to sort of run wild because they don't know what to do with them, or their best answer is to sort of uh, uh, tamp them down, stick them in the closet, lock the door, and pretend as if they don't exist. And I suppose neither one of those responses is really healthy. Right. I like what Rick Warren often says, when you swallow your emotions, your body keeps score. And so, you know, definitely not a good thing to to err in either one of those extremes. I have been in relationships with friends and people who just allow their emotions just to rule their life. And it's just like the tail wagging the dog. They're just whipped around by every wave, every wind that comes. But, you know, it's not healthy either. In fact, it's very damaging and toxic. When we don't examine those emotions, when we do just try to deny them, shove them down, and then the body starts keeping score. I know that's what I did in my life. And pretty soon, kind of like whack-a-mole, I started having uh, anxiety pop up and depression pop up and exhaustion pop up and these nagging feelings. And like I said, they were all trying to give me a message that you've got some unresolved trauma. That's not everybody's. Perhaps it is. You know what? You This relationship is not at peace. Or maybe it's guilt saying to you, you need to go back to somebody and make it right. Oftentimes it's the Holy Spirit using our emotions to get our attention. Indeed so. And, and again, sort of that sense of it serving in a way as a 
a bit of a warning sign, and I guess maybe some balance here. There are some people that feel as if um, having negative emotions is a bad thing and something that we should try to avoid at all costs. But is that necessarily the case, or, or can can negative emotions, again, with if we probably respond to the to them and use them as kind of a, a guide and uh, to to explore what's really going on deeper, that they can be healthy as well? Yes, I agree with that. I think, you know, again, negative emotions are there. Our emotions are God-given, and even the negative ones. But if we live there, if we stay there, if we perseverate on that negative emotion, um, that, you know, at first we have the emotion, but then the emotion has us. And it becomes our automatic go-to. You know, when I when something in life is wrong, instead of running to the word or choosing a healthy mindset, I might automatically go to this, my home base, this emotion that uh, I'm accustomed to. I just automatically go to anger or I feel rejected or I'll go to depression right away or I'll go to self-pity right away. And sometimes, you know, we can get stuck there. And our our spiritual growth, we get hindered, and so definitely don't want to give negative emotions a bad rap. We want to experience them at the deepest level, but then we want to engage what I call our chooser and choose, okay, what now do I want to do with this emotion? It's here. I can't ignore it. Well, what do I want to do with it? And is not doing something with it um, not an option? I guess there's a lot of double negatives there. (laughs) Is the notion of, as I suggested a moment ago, sort of just ignoring it, stuffing it down, thinking if we ignore it, it'll go away, is that really an effective option or not so? No, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's an option um, long term. I think there's times where we can compartmentalize. We can say, you know, that's. That can't interrupt my day right now, but I'm going to get back to that, and I'm going to I'm going to talk to God about that. I'm going to get out my journal, and I'm going to start writing about that. Um, I'm I'm not going to let it disrupt my whole being, but I'm not going to shove it in a closet and lock it, chain it in the basement, and say, you know what, I don't have time for you again. Our body will keep score. Um, Depression's going to break through. I know for me, like I mentioned a moment ago, um, I just did not want to deal with emotion. And I thought that if I just shut down the negative emotions, that I could just live on a high. But the, the reality is, is that when you numb out, which is what that is, when you choose not to feel those negative emotions, you actually don't get to feel any. You, you, we don't get to pick. Like, I just want the good ones. When you go numb, you go numb. And... Um, so then it's just really a, a feeling, a life of just, it is just milk toast, depressed, apathetic, and really it was deep sadness that set in for me, and I started having horrible anxiety, and oh man, I did not want to hear when the medical doctor, I said, just give me a pill, can you just give me something, and he said, you're going to have to go back and deal with some of your issues, Don, because I believe this has its roots in a spiritual and psychological place, not just medical. 
you know, it's, it is biological, but it's also very spiritual. And actually, then, it really cuts across the entire spectrum, doesn't it? In other words, those negative emotions, if we don't manage them properly, if we don't address them, we try to um, sort of tamp them down and and pretend as if they don't exist, uh, they can not only have a bearing on pulling down our positive emotions, but they can impact our well-being, both physical and spiritual, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the better response is to have the courage to say, I'm going to deal with my emotions honestly. I think there's a lot of fear involved, especially for trauma survivors or anyone where the emotion, it's, there's so much pain underneath of that. And I can remember thinking, if I start to explore and feel these emotions, I'm going to fall into a black hole and I'm never going to get out. Or, or, or maybe, you know what, I'm going to unravel and I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to lose my mind. You know, the truth really is, is that if we don't explore those emotions, we're probably at greater risk for mental health issues than we are if we look at them honestly. And, of course, taking that honest reflection with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, saying, God, help me, search my heart, know me. Help me uncover these buried emotions, examine, and then help me exchange them for, for your truth and for, for healing. Help me purge instead of just store. Oftentimes there are roadblocks, roadblocks that we intentionally set up that get in our way of being able to manage and address our negative emotions in a healthy way. We'll talk about what some of those roadblocks are. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about how to work your way through and face those emotions head on. We continue our Bible study series, The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords that Bind You, with pastor and author Don Scott Damon. This time around, our series stopping on the issue of untying the cords of negative emotions. We take a brief time out, back with more as Lifeline continues. 5.30, an update again on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. As we're learning in our ongoing Bible study series, The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords that Bind You, which coincidentally is also the name of the book written by Pastor Don Scott Damon, we're, we're learning that emotions, negative emotions, um, can be products of wounds and past hurts from long ago, unresolved issues, um, there can be a lot of sources behind them. And, of course, typically as we, we struggle to acknowledge that they exist or acknowledge that we need to deal with them, we oftentimes have barriers in which we come up with excuses to not deal with them. And I'm wondering if you can kind of walk us through, Pastor, some of the, the barriers, uh, the victim, for example, that says, well, you know, uh, these emotions and what I'm going through, what I'm feeling, it isn't fair, and I just can't deal with this because I'm too busy protecting myself from the impact of the world against me. (laughs) Yes. Um, Emotions come, and we say uh, the victim's 
says, I, this isn't fair. This is something that I didn't deserve. It's your fault that I'm here. I'm not the one that needs to change. It's, it's you that needs to change. So we have the victim, or we have the um, tough girl or the tough guy. So I'm fine. I'm good. Oh, no. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not feeling that. We have the, the fear response that says, you know, like I mentioned a moment ago, if I look at this, I'm going to go crazy. And so I live just in fear of if this is the tip of the iceberg, what else might be there? The roadblocks, sometimes people just feel anger. And I, I know that anger is a secondary emotion. Like it, it's, to me, it's like coloring with all the crayons in the crayon box, like scribbling with every single one of them. When in reality, what we have to do is choose one at a time and say, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling anger, but what's really underneath of it is disappointment, or I feel inadequate, or I feel embarrassed. I feel uh, rejected or abandoned. And so to really begin to learn, and if, if you're not, accustomed to exploring and interacting with your feelings and your emotions, at first, you know, you might not be aware of what it is that you're feeling. You just know your mood changed. You just might feel angry or you might feel completely depressed and lethargic. We even put in the back of the book a feelings and an emotions list so that you can begin to choose and identify when I'm feeling hopeless, this is what overcomes me. And so I know we're going to get there, but instead of hopelessness, let me see what God's Word says about hope, and let me exchange that. So those roadblocks, it's really mostly fear. It comes down to, I am afraid to look at the feelings that I'm having, or the lies, the emotions are blooming out of the lies that Satan has sown in my life. He got into my garden, my heart, and sowed these seeds, and now they're bringing forth this fruit, and uh, really the lies, I, I'm not loved, I'm not worthy, I'm damaged good. If you believe the lies and you meditate on the lies, of course you're going to have the negative feelings that follow. Let's spend a moment, if we can, Pastor, and and walk through some of the steps that are necessary to acknowledge, confront, and eventually gain captive, gain control over the impact that these negative feelings have on our life, on our viewpoints, on our relationships, on how we we even relate to God. Yes, well, you know, the Bible tells us that um, we don't wage war as the world does, but instead we have divine weapons, and we take every thought captive. I think about every thought or every emotion. We take it captive, and we examine it. And for me, I submit what I'm feeling to Jesus and say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. And I begin to explore that. So I think you just said the word acknowledge. Acknowledge that our we are having negative emotions. Acknowledge that there's something disrupted and we're not at peace, and don't be afraid to take that very first step. I like to pull out my journal, and I like to just write, because I honestly don't know what I'm feeling until I begin to write, and suddenly it's as if uh, the, the brain and my spirit, and, and I certainly mean my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, 
begin to open up and release what's been trapped inside. And very often as I journal, I'll begin to see what it is that I'm feeling, confront that. I take that and I bring it to the Lord. And then I ask, is this truth? God, is this what you say about me? Is this what you're saying to me? And I begin to, as I mentioned, submit it to the Word of God. And oftentimes, uh, it's not truth. Ninety percent of the time when I'm having a negative feeling, it is coming from self-pity or it's coming from feeling alone or abandoned. And I begin to say, you know what, God, that's not what your Word says. Your Word says you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. So I want to interrupt the pattern of the negative thought. I want to explore it. I want to embrace what's truth, what what the Holy Spirit might be saying to me. And then I want to get rid of the rest and say, you know what, I cast that down. And I'm going to take truth and meditate on it. I'm going to reframe the way I think about this. The reason why I'm feeling negative is because I just gave a negative interpretation to the event that just happened. I let it go through my filter of rejection, or I let it go through the filter of anger, and I gave a wrong interpretation. And so instead of saying, hey, they were just busy and they forgot, I'd say, they don't want me there. They don't want to include me. You know, well, what narrative are you going to believe? What story are you going to believe? And so cast down that vain imagination. Cast down that lie and that narrative that's not based on truth. So interrupt that. And then the other thing that I like to do when negative emotions seem to overtake is you just got to change your physiology. You got to get up. You got to get moving. You got to run. And I, I like what Mel Robbins, uh, she's got that TED talk, the five second rule. But, you know, your brain gives you about five to eight seconds to make a decision. And so, you know what? Go five, four, three, two, one, bam, I'm up. I'm moving. I'm running. I'm going to interrupt this pattern. I'm not going to wallow in this. I'm going to move. And that will change your chemistry and your, and your, your mood and your feeling and your emotions. Ultimately, this is really about not ignoring them, not pretending as if they don't exist or or running from them, but really seeing how when negative emotions do arise, um, how they can teach us. And uh, I think ultimately, as we said in the beginning, Pastor, um, it's not that we have them. That we have them is quite normal. It's what we do and how we respond to these negative emotions that really is the key between um, success and freedom and liberty or failure and a sense of bondage and frustration. Yes, and it's so sad when you see an individual who doesn't take authority over their own soul, possess their soul, take authority and say, like David did, he grabbed himself on the back of a collar and he said, you know, why so downcast, oh my soul, put your hope in God. And what does Philippians 4, 8 tell us? Whatever is pure and right and good, think on these things. What does Colossians tell us? Set your mind on things above. And so we have a responsibility to meditate on truth and to know truth and, and to believe it and to tell our mind where it's going to go and what it's going to focus on. And it's so sad. I just recently was ministering to an individual, and she just has a bad habit and bondage of going to the negative, and she's getting some need met by being 
an attention getter. Instead of living a full, free life, she won't come to church, or she'll miss out on events, or she'll say no to people, or hang up on the phone. And I just feel so sad because she is being lied to, stolen from. The thief is coming to steal and kill and to destroy. So we have to possess our soul and be students of our mind, body, and spirit, take authority over it, and and obey God's Word. He gives us the power to do it. That's the bottom line, and um, we appreciate getting to the bottom line of the issue of negative emotions and how to respond to them. Don Scott Damon, the author of this book and our series, the Bible study series, The Freedom Challenge, 60 Days to Untie the Cords That Bind You, newly released by Redemption Press. You can find it online, Amazon.com, Bay Area Christian Bookstores, or you can simply order the book through Pastor Damon's website, Don, D-A-W-N, DonScottDamon.com, DonScottDamon.com. 546 as we wrap up. Our study, we're going to get you a study now on the world of traffic. Probably something you don't want to know too, too much about, but what's the road look like ahead on your way home? Well, let's find that out right now. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. There's a bit of a succession when it comes to bad behavior that ends up with pretty pretty frightening results. Uh, To begin with, and we've seen more and more of this in recent decades, that bad voting produces bad legislators, bad legislators produce bad laws, and bad laws ultimately undermine our freedoms and take aim at the very values that we once held dear. And this is certainly indicative of the trend here in California in recent years. We reported to you earlier in the week that on Friday, the California State Legislature passed Senate Bill 24, which now is on its way to the governor's desk. October, he has to decide whether to sign or veto it and several others indicative of this notion of bad legislators producing bad laws. So let's get a look at what's going on. With an update, we're joined by Marlo Tucker, director of the California chapter of Concerned Women for America. Marlo, there's a number of egregious bills. Uh, Perhaps uh, for you and I, one of the ones closest to home, of course, is Senate Bill 24 that seeks to turn um, university campuses at taxpayer expense into essentially abortion clinics. I'm I'm trying to figure out how they managed to get a bill of that passed and not come along and say, you know, let's see if we can't address every other item on the liberal agenda through higher education and foist it all onto the taxpayers. But I suppose if we say that too loud, Loudly, they'll think, hey, wonderful idea, and they'll <laughs> they'll pass something crazier next. That's correct. And, um, you know, even our former governor understood that this was a crazy bill. It was not necessary. There were already um, abortion clinics very close to each USC, uh, UC and CSU campuses, and uh, yet the, this governor, Newsom, would... Um, has said that he is planning to sign it. Uh, we still have um, time, though. Uh, we can call the governor and uh, let him know our perspective, that this is not the scope of our education, that this harms students, not helps them. 
and we can call him his phone number and just uh, ask him to please veto this bill, SB 24. The legislative session has ended, and so it's just up to him to sign it into law. And, uh, you know, th- this this bill, beyond the fact that it, it does not address uh, who may potentially be liable for um, any uh, consequences should a woman going through this sort of uh, abortifacient-style um, uh, pregnancy elimination suffer some sort of side effects. I mean, typically, if I if I drink the drink at your restaurant and I get sick, you're the one that I sue. So that that uh, that short sightedness is a big part of uh, what's happened here. Uh, but this is not new in the sense that um, this legislature has seen itself as almost the propaganda arm of Planned Parenthood for some time. It isn't all that long ago that we talked about uh, a bill here in California that forced pro-life alternative clinics to be uh, propagandists for Planned Parenthood. And I understand that another measure here, AB 624, uh, takes that a step further by uh, putting promotional content on the back of every single student ID in public schools, making sure that if they weren't aware about the existence of Planned Parenthood, they'll know it and they'll have an 800 uh, hotline at taxpayer expense on the back of an ID card so they're sure not to forget. That's correct, and it's really sad because putting a sexual hotline of like sexual health, whatever that means, in the back of student IDs is basically bypassing parental authority. It's saying to children, young children, if you have questions about sexual health, give us a call, and uh, you know don't you don't need to call talk to your parents. And the, these schools will most likely use hotlines. Um, that go to Planned Parenthood or similar organizations. So this is very harmful to children. Parents really need to wake up and be aware of what is being pushed onto their children. They need to take control and realize the agendas against families. We can do that by um, speaking to our children, you know, first and foremost, you know, how important it is, uh, the biblical standard of God's a blessing of marriage, abstinence before marriage, also God's view of the sanctity of life that starts at conception. And so um, these bills are all really uh, actually threatening our our families, and they're threatening um, our, our education. And so we really need to take charge. Concerned Women for America is the women's largest organization on public policy, and we really aim to bring biblical uh, biblical principles into all levels of public policy. And I encourage uh, parents and concerned citizens to join a prayer chapter where we pray about these issues that really affect our families and life and our religious liberty, and then we inform you and equip you to take action. And to the degree to which we can get involved in trying to persuade the governor not to sign these measures into law, as we say in in the case of both uh, SB 24 and, and 624, AB 624, uh, this is sitting in front of the governor uh, right now for his decision to either accept, uh, sign it, or to... Uh, uh, to put it into uh, veto. So uh, how fast do we need to act in that sense? Uh, the governor has until October 13th. He has 
uh, he could uh, he can do it tomorrow. Um, so it's really important to act uh, as soon as possible. You know, every phone call is equivalent to 100 voices. So if you just get together with a friend and you call this number, 916-445-2841, that's the Governor Newsom's office. That's 916-445-2841. Just give a call. You have a friend, that's 200 voices opposing this legislation, ex- uh, expecting the governor to represent you. And, you know, this SB 24, it's not just a pill. It's not just um, an innocuous procedure. This is actually causing fatalities. And this isn't something where it's a convenience. This actually causes excessive pain and bleeding and complications. That's detrimental to women's mental health as well. So this is incredibly serious. Um, this is towards uh, your kids, your grandkids, and future generations. And this is costing a lot of money. Just to implement this bill, uh, the California Department of Finance, the governor's own finance department, is cautioning and said, you know, taxpayers would have to fund up to $7.8 million in startup expenses. And then more millions and ongoing costs so this is not helpful it's a completely terrible bill we need to speak up we need to figure out who our representatives are in um in the next legislative session i encourage all of you to really get involved in learning about the candidates coming up do they fight for protection of life do they care about education do they care about your religious freedom because this is affecting California and we have a chance to speak up and vote with our voices. Our voices, use our voices to vote. And sadly, if we don't, uh, it, it, there, there's going to be this, this onward slippery slope, this downhill rather slippery slope that's going to continue to um, have a dilatorious impact on the future of our state. And so, you know, giving up one more inch, they're going to take a mile, maybe even two when you're not looking. Um, you want to get more information, I also encourage you to uh, check out the, the CWA, Concerned Women for America, website here in California. It's concernedwomen.org forward slash California. That's concernedwomen.org forward slash California. And our thanks to California Director Marlo Tucker, the California chapter of Concerned Women for America, for that update. Let's get a look at traffic here. It's 6 o'clock. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.